And then in that time frame, what essentially you're doing is you're narrowing it down to like a, three different Airbnbs that you might potentially want, right? And the one that always wins is the one that gives more fun. You are listening to the Savvy Real Estate Investor Show, the podcast dedicated to empowering you to invest for your family's future. Listen in to learn about different strategies successful investors use to live their best lives. Whether you are starting out on your real estate wealth building journey or a seasoned investor looking for the next unfair advantage, this is the show for you. Each conversation will help you be more savvy when it comes to understanding how to leverage real estate to achieve your goals and live an extraordinary life. Your host is none other than seasoned investors and power couple, Jose and Khadija Jafferji, founders of the Savvy Real Estate Group, where we have been helping passive investors grow their wealth and getting them one step closer to financial freedom since 2008. Fellow Savvy Real Estate Investors, thanks for tuning in again. Uh, this week, we have uh, John Bianchi on the show. But um, before I introduce him, thought we would take a moment to just uh, let you know what's been going on uh, with us and what we've been up to the last couple of weeks of the new year. Um, definitely been a busy start to 2023 after the holidays, uh, you know, just uh, kind of kickstarting operations and getting things moving again. And um, Jose's definitely had a busy start to the year. So Jose uh, has been doing a fair bit of uh, traveling to the United States. Um, I'll let him update you on his latest acquisition down south and what he's been working on. Jose? Yeah, for sure. I just got back from uh, Atlanta. Uh, we finally closed on our 122-unit uh, apartment complex. Um, and, you know, this deal has been a lots of ups and downs. And I've been working on it for the last over six months now. Um, but we're excited to get this deal going now, you know, start executing on our business plan uh, and um, taking care of deferred maintenance, but more importantly, just uh, getting, um, you know, the uh, management up to speed in terms of collections and, uh, you know, start, um, you know, reaping the benefits. Uh, so, you know, I just wanted to thank all of uh, the investors that uh, entrusted their funds and uh, both from Canada and the U.S. And so thank you for partnering with us. And uh, feel free to get in touch if you are interested in uh, future opportunities. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, Jose and I are actively working on ensuring we're communicating with uh, everybody on our list. If you are interested in receiving our newsletters, we'll definitely link it in our show notes. Um, we highly urge you to sign up and um, definitely uh, sign up with your email and we'll be more than happy to um you know, uh, correspond with you, let you know what's going on, any deals we're working on and just market updates, all sorts of information about what's going on in the real estate industry, both here in Canada and the United States. So um, you can actually sign up uh, by going to our website, uh, www.savvyrealestate.ca and uh, signing up for our newsletter. So yeah, hope hope you guys, uh, you know, enjoy the, enjoy the content that we're hoping to uh, be putting out this year, really making an active effort to, um, you know, 
correspond with our list and to just continue to update people on what's going on, boots on the ground. Um, I know lots of people feeling all sorts of uh, different emotions um, as we enter the new year with everything that happened sort of in Q2, Q3 of 2022, all the uncertainty out there. Definitely uh, hoping that uh, we can keep up to speed with uh, things as they unfold this year. Um, anyway, without uh, further ado, I would love to introduce my uh, guest, our guest for today. We have John Bianchi on the show. Uh, John has actually become a personal friend of ours. He is a brilliant data analyst when it comes to Airbnb analytics, which I think is a topic that not enough people are actually talking about. Airbnb seems pretty sexy, lots of people talking about short-term rentals, but I think that there is a lot more depth to it than just, hey, let me, you know, buy this property on the beach because I think it's it's really beautiful and it's really nice and like let's just hope for the best. I think that um, the analysis side of Airbnb is definitely an art and I think that John has a gift for this. He has a gift for understanding what's going to make an Airbnb successful from the location to the design to the photography to so many different variables related to analyzing the data out there and making sure that it's a sound investment. So if you have thought about short-term rentals, if you are looking to incorporate them into your strategy, I highly encourage you to follow through and listen to this episode till the end. There's tons of amazing gold nuggets. And like I said, uh, John is a personal friend of ours and somebody we go to ourselves when we are looking for advice on Airbnb analytics. So yeah, without uh, any further, I will introduce John, John Bianchi. Hey everyone, we have uh, John Bianchi on the show today. Uh, I've known John for a while now, uh, become almost a friend. Uh, John is got a very unique background in that he is an analytics guy and he specializes in short-term rentals. And so I know short-term rentals are really sort of the buzzword now. And so many people are looking to get into short-term rentals, but the reason I asked John to be on the show today is because he offers a really unique perspective in that he focuses on the data and, you know, Jose and I, we love data too. Data all your decisions should be data-driven. And I think that that's where John really hits home in that, you know, operations are great and, you know, buying nice furniture and having good guest relations. And of course, all of those things are really, really important with short-term rentals. But the core thing here is selecting the right properties in the right areas based on the numbers and not just based on speculation. And just remembering that it's a business and that, you know, you're not necessarily looking to buy something because you like it or because you like that location, but rather because the numbers speak for themselves. So John has an interesting background. He comes from an investor background. He used to own a portfolio of his own. He's arbitrage units as well. Um, and now he's working on some really cool stuff. So he's actually um, the founder of Point Analytics. And I'll let John tell you more about Point Analytics and what they're working on right now in terms of software development and developing tools for people who are looking to analyze Airbnb data better. And he's also the head of data at TechVestor, which is a fund out in the United States where they actually buy Airbnb properties um, sort of in scale uh, through through the fund uh, model. So I'll let him tell you more about that and what he does there. So without further ado, um, here's John. John, thank you so much for being on our show today. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got started in real estate and you know, so sort of what led you into the short-term rental Airbnb space? Uh, yeah, appreciate you having me on the show. Super excited to be on here. I love talking about this stuff. And obviously we've talked about it many times together. So to just be able to 
speak in this format. I'm, I'm really uh, excited about it. So, but uh, my, I don't know, my story, I feel like is very similar to a lot of other people who get started with Airbnb. Um, You know, I had an extra spare room and I rented it out when I was younger and it ended up making me enough money to pay off my rent. I was like, this is a pretty cool idea. You know what I mean? Um, And at the time I was an investor. So I was managing about $10 million of other people's money. And I hated it like day in and day out. I had my name on the door, had my own assistant, but just like hated it. And so I was looking for another business that I could start. And then all of a sudden I started learning, like I realized I was making a, a, a tiny little bit of money on Airbnb. And I'm like, I wonder if other people are doing this. And I started researching and Googling and learning. And then all of a sudden I figured out that there was a whole business model behind it uh, that other people had already figured out. And so essentially I went and raised some money and I went and opened up a arbitrage business out of Chicago, arbitrage and management business out of Chicago, built that up to uh, nothing crazy, about 15 locations. They're all large locations though. Um, And then I sold that portfolio in 2020. And then in that entire time period, I learned how to understand the data extremely well. And it turned out, I realized that I knew how to do it better than everybody else. So Airbnb data specifically. Um, And that has essentially turned into what Point Analytics is now today, which is helping people understand Airbnb data so that when they go to buy a home or sign a lease, they know exactly how much that home is going to make them before they actually uh, sign anything. Right. And then that way you're ensuring that every single property you get is going to cash flow for you. You know what you need to do to make that property hit a hundred thousand dollars. Right. You're, you're getting the right bones before you even sign the lease. So all those different little things um, is what we do to help people on a day to day basis. And uh, yeah, of course, I'm also head of data for TechFester and we've raised almost 30 million and bought 70 properties in the past 12 months. And we plan on pretty well doubling that next year. So, and it's my job to analyze every single property every single location we go into and figure out how to maximize every single last little piece of revenue that we potentially can. So very busy. <laughs> at this yeah, I know. That's fantastic. And I think it's wonderful. Like you've actually found a really cool niche and, um, you know, allowed, uh, you know, people who you work with to focus on the data and be data driven in their decisions. So, um, you know, maybe talk to us a little bit about, you know, there's so many people who want to get into Airbnb. Um, How do you guys go about selecting a market for yourselves, like within your fund or within your research that you do? um, What are the sort of like, is it just arbitrary? Like you look at all different markets or is it just sort of um, something, certain fundamentals that you look at first and and talk to us a little bit about the process behind selection. So uh, this is, I love that you brought this topic up first because I'm quite literally in the process of building out another free course specifically based on this, right? So just also something I didn't mention, I have three free courses on YouTube about Airbnb data, right? So if anyone wanted to consume all of my knowledge, they can go do that. But the and, next... and might I interject that it is yeah. awesome, awesome stuff. Like it's not like, you know, these two minute clips that are just going to like give you surface level stuff. Like John actually breaks down step by step exactly what he does, which, and I've watched all the videos myself and I, I personally say they are extremely awesome. So just wanted to say that. Yeah. Appreciate that big time. They're, they're <laughs> very, very detailed. They're also really boring. So speed them up. If you can. <laughs> so But uh, yeah, the next thing I'm making is a whole course about how to select a market because I talk to people every single, like I talk to, today I have five calls with people that are going to ask me which market they should be going into, right? And I've been doing this for months and months now of trying to help people pick out the market. And so I've essentially created a process that I walk people through when I'm trying to help them select what market to go into, right? And so 
whether you're going to be doing it in, in Canada or the States, you kind of need to think about these things to be able to decide what market you want to go into. Now, I could frame it of like how the fund does it, but I'm actually going to frame it as to a regular investor because I think it's going to be more applicable to the majority of the people listening, right? And some of it will apply to what we do at the fund. But the first thing you need to ask yourself is where do you like to go? Like literally, like that's one of the most important questions when it comes to an Airbnb is where do you like to go? Where do you like to travel? If you were to travel, do you like to go to where it's warm? Or do you like to go where it's snowing? Or do you like to go where there's mountains? Or do you like to go where there's beach, right? The reason I say that is so, so important is because you're going to have to go to this place likely once a year for the next 10 potential years, right? And so if this might become your vacation location, right? Especially if you're only doing like one, two, or three Airbnbs over the next 10 years, this might be become the place you vacation. So make sure you like it, right? And, and so make sure it's a place that you would want to go yourself. And the reason I say that as like sort of the first thing is because every single location has potential to make money. Almost every single location. Let me just preface that. If there's hotels, I mean, like think about this way, right? One, there's 1.2 million Airbnbs around the world and there's Airbnbs all over the United States, all over Canada. There wouldn't be Airbnbs absolutely everywhere if they weren't making money, right? So there's money to be made in a lot of these different places. On top of that, there's hotels in all of these different places. Therefore, there's also money being made from these hotels and all these different spots. So you could make money in Florida. You can make money in Arizona. You can make money in, in uh, Pennsylvania. You can make money essentially anywhere you want to go. Just make sure you like the place. So it's like that's step one, without a doubt, right? Um, and then the next thing from there is usually like, what's your budget, right? If you know what your budget is, it's going to knock out a lot of different potential places that you can go to. If you can only buy a home that's 300000 there's going to be like a handful of locations that you could potentially go. Right. If you can only spend 500,000, it's going to add a little bit more, but you're still missing out on like Scottsdale, Palm Springs, Joshua Tree, um, the, the Gatlinburg areas, like these sort of like premium markets. You're not going to be able to touch any of those with a 500 or a $700,000 budget. Right. And so by figuring out what your budget is, that's once again going to remove the layer of all these things. And essentially what I'm doing with these people when I'm, when I'm explaining all this is we're just taking the list from like a thousand potential markets and bringing it down to a really, really short list. Of potential locations, right? So it's like, where do you want to go? What's your budget? The next one's like, okay, if you if you have a budget and you have some general ideas, start looking to the regulations of those areas. That's going to knock out a whole bunch of options as well, right? And then what you're going to be left with is it's sort of like a handful of these uh, places that meet your budget, places that you would want to go that have good regulation. And there's there's going to be like a very short list from there. And then once you have that short list. From there, what you're really look like, you have to start deep diving into the markets. This is where you have to start spending money, right? Um, there's things on AirDNA. So if you were to go on an AirDNA, anyone who doesn't know what AirDNA is, look up AirDNA.co. Um, it's the number one Airbnb provide uh, Airbnb data data providing website. Okay, um, and what they do is they will provide you with the revenue data for a specific location, and you can see how well how much revenue has been made per bedroom year over year. Okay, so for the past like five years, you can see how well the four bedrooms have done. And if the four bedroom is kind of the within your budget, what you're thinking about purchasing within that area, then you can generally see how well they've done within that area, right? And that's going to, then you can match up that number with how much a home costs. And you kind of want to use a percentage here. So for a regular buyer, if the revenue is about 15% of the purchase price, it's likely going to be a cash flowing property for you, right? So if you're buying a million dollar home, it makes $150,000 a year, you're good to go, right? Um, and so if you can, follow that process. Okay. I know, I know I've, I've said a whole lot here, so I'm going to summarize this real quick. You figure out where you want to go. 
then you figure out what's within your budget, then you figure out the regulation, then you check to see what the revenue is on a per bedroom basis by buying a subscription to AirDNA. And then you take that average and you match it up with the home values on, let's say, Zillow or Realtor, and you see if it meets that 15% rule. Okay. Right. And if it does, then there's likely potential for you to make money there. This is a very sort of like high level way of going into determining if that market's going to be good for you or not. And then I can it go into, you know, once you've sort of figured that out, then you want to deep dive the market. Then you want to truly figure out where the value is within that market, where the most, like what unit size. So one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom, and what area of that market is, is actually going to produce the most amount of money. Um, and that's what I specialize in. And we can, dive deeper into that in a little bit, but, um, how was that? Did that answer the question? Yeah, absolutely. It was a great answer. And you know, it's, it's funny. The first time I spoke with you, like, I remember you gave me this analogy about this property and you told me there was two properties directly across the street from each other. And, you know, like when you talk about deep dive, this is what he means is that, you know, property A on this side of the street was making like, I don't know, 40, $50,000 less than property A. And, you know, when I spoke with John and we talked about it, he said one had a view, a certain type of view, and one didn't have that view, even though they were on the same street, they had the same type of bedroom count. They had the same interior sort of upkeep, all that kind of stuff. But one property was doing much better than the other property. And, you know, that's where his, like, I think your genius comes in is that, you know, you're able to identify some of these key things when you do these deep dives that would actually, like, what are the revenue generators? It, Okay, some people you said like they'll just go and say, okay, like I'll use Air DNA. Like the one bedrooms are generating this much. Okay, so I'm gonna go get a one bedroom or I'm gonna get go right. get a three bedroom. But then, you know, if you really want to be successful, like truly like the cream of the crop here, you gotta go even deeper, right? You gotta dig, dig, dig even further. Yeah, I, I want to talk on that because that's like one of the most important things that I try to help people understand is that a four bedroom can be on the can be side by side. They could be literally side by side and the amount of money being made between the two of them could be like a difference of $50,000, $60,000, right? Um, and we, I know this for a fact, I can prove it. If you want to see facts on this, I can, I can show you, but I've seen it over and over and over again. And the reason being is because every single market has different revenue drivers, okay? I'll tell you right now, the one most thing that does not drive revenue is a bathroom. <laughs> like we don't upgrade any bathrooms whatsoever in any of our homes ever because they will never drive revenue for our Airbnbs, right? Unless it's obviously like a terrible, terrible bathroom. But if it's like a dated bathroom, we'll throw some wallpaper in there, make it look pretty. We're good to go. But it doesn't change the revenue, right? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It does not change the revenue even a little bit. However, How about kitchens, John? The same similar idea. Really? Similar, a little, they play a little bit more, but it's not as important as you as you would think. Okay. Because you have to think when you're going on vacation, right? It's you just you just need a kitchen and you need a bathroom, right? But what what do you want? Because you're on vacation. You're on vacation. You're doing things that you you're trying to enjoy. You're trying to have a good time. You're trying to like just like take a break and lounge, right? And and so these Airbnbs, that's what they're meant for, right? It's not meant to be like a perfect uh, home like you would want at your regular house. And so what you have to think is what are the things that people are going to be going into that market to do, and how can we maximize their pleasure? right? Like how can we maximize how much fun they're going to be having, how much enjoyment they're going to get out of our listing in comparison to somebody else's, right? right? And what you have to do is you have to put yourself in the mindset of somebody booking an Airbnb. And I think this is the one piece yeah. that a lot of hosts miss is they don't put themselves in the journey of the customer who's actually going to book. Because if you have, every single person has booked an Airbnb by now, right? And when you do it, you go and you go and look at what all the potential options are, right? 
And then in that time frame, what essentially you're doing is you're narrowing it down to like a, three different Airbnbs that you might potentially want, right? And the one that always wins is the one that gives more fun, more amenities, right? The one that has, say you're trying to decide between a, home A, B, and C, right? But home C, sorry, they all, and let's say they all have pools and they all have hot tubs, right? But home C has a backyard that's literally twice the size of everybody else, of, of A and B, and they have tons of other amenities in that backyard as well that are like really fun, enjoying games. And it's actually kid focused. So they're all kid things, right? So they're, they're giant chess boards, they're giant uh, connect four, they're jungle gyms, they're whatever you can think of. They're all these additional things. And that market is heavily focused on kids. That's where families are going to be going into that market. Out of those three homes, C is going to win every single time because why wouldn't, and especially if they're priced all the same, C is going to win every single time, mm -hmm. right? And so if you just take that sort of line of logic, right? Because I can't give you exact details because I would be breaking my contract with the company. So I can't tell you about a market and I can't tell you what the secret sauce is in that market. But if you use that logic and apply it to the market that you're in, whether it be a family-focused market, a bachelor-focused market, a bachelorette-focused market, right? whatever that may be, and then you maximize whatever they can do within that property in comparison to your competition, you're going to win in that market every single time and you're going to make more money than everybody else. Well, yeah, I, I had a question in regards to, you know, you mentioned uh, most of your business probably in the vacation locations, right? The vacation destinations, so you're attracting, um, you know, tourism. Um, what about in terms of Airbnb, which I never traditionally, uh, you know, thought about as or like corporate travelers or, or nurses or, you know, which also may in turn come the midterm rental side as well. So, you know, what are some of the indicators for, for those types of markets that you would be looking for? So one thing I always try and do is just speak on the things that I know. And that's one thing that I don't know very well. And the okay. reason being is because midterm rentals was not a thing on Airbnb until COVID. Right. So when COVID came around, that's where Airbnb pivoted and was like, hey, we have this 30-day option, right? And corporate rental prior to COVID was always done off of Airbnb and it was always between two individuals, right? And there was there was a couple of sites that tried to like uh, connect people, but nobody really did it well. Then COVID happened, then Airbnb pivoted, and now this whole midterm rental game has become a lot easier because people book midterm rentals on Airbnb rather than creating a relationship with the person at the hospital and getting it sent over to you, right? So, so I, I really can't speak on it because I have no experience with it, but the logic I think would stay the same. If your place is better than the other people's and, you know, yeah. if you, if you know, like the most simple one is like, obviously have a desk, right? It's the same idea as like have a pool within it. Right. A Amenities that uh, fit your avatar, basically. Like exactly. you're looking at this avatar. Cause I mean, I think Jose is also touching on the fact that a lot of our, our listeners are Canadian and in Canada, um, it seems like the people doing short-term rentals here, especially we're not in vacation, quote unquote, vacation destinations. A lot of us, like maybe if you're like in Niagara Falls or, you know, in cottage certain areas, country. Or cottage country, but there's a lot of people who are like in places like Hamilton, Ontario, and like, uh, you know, Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge, like the, our suburbs sort of around here. And they're trying to get into the short-term rental space. Um, do you have any advice for people who are even catering to a more necessity-based travel or sort of like, I guess, a non-touristy traveler rather than somebody who's specifically going for a beach or a mountain? Yes. So I can, oh, I can tell you what I would do. Um, but I, I don't, I can't say 100% that it would work. Right. Yeah. I can just tell you like, this is my theory of what I would, what, what do I do? Um, 
first off, what I would do is I'd focus 100% on midterm rentals. And then I would think, try and focus on the places where they would, people would be wanting to stay the most, right? So hotels are all always in the downtown core area. So I would try and stay focused in those downtown core areas, right? Whether it be Hamilton or any other location that you're in. And then what I would do is I would find the people who were performing the best within that market. And I would try to see what amenities and features that they have. And I'd be focusing in on like the one bedrooms and the two bedrooms, right? And and I have actually done some research in Hamilton actually for you. <laughs> so yeah. I have a little bit of knowledge on it. And I remember I came across this one listing that was designed really well. Like it, it had a really fun look to it. And it was the top performer in the area. It also, the home also had a lot of character to it, which is sort of like a rare thing to get. So, you know, it's not easy to duplicate character because it's rare. Um, but what I would do is I'd probably try and stay focused in on that specific area. Then I would um, use sort of a design style that would make people want to say my place over other people's places. And it would be, um, uh, how do I explain that? Like, yes, we're, we're going to be focusing on sort of corporate rentals, right? So like the, the, the corporate people who are going to be staying for a month or so or nurses, but I would still try to incorporate it in a fun sort of way. So that when I didn't have corporate people there, I could have the short-term people coming in for like a weekend, right? So that would be sort of the, and and the with the intent that it would be a girlfriend wanting to book a weekend stay in Hamilton downtown with her boyfriend for like a, a little getaway or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so then that would be the thing that I would focus on. So that way I'm, I'm, capturing the business traveler and giving them all the amenities and features and things that they would want and potentially the traveling nurse as well. But then I would also be able to grab those additional weekend bookings uh, in between those bookings that could amount to allowing me to beat everybody else. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. And yeah, like when you say like, just for our listeners, like, would you be able to give everybody a tip on what you would, you could mean by fun? Like what would be an example of something that somebody could do just to kind of differentiate or spruce up their place? It's, it's more so, so it's the design, right? So like when you actually design the place, um, a, a, a good example of this is there's a new line of appliances called SMEG, I think it is, S-M-E-G, and they're all super colorful, right? So like you can get a, and they all match and they all look retro, right? So like you could get all SMEG appliances throughout the kitchen and now it's like this fun little thing. And the, the way you think about it is like, you may never want that for your own home, right? Yeah. But if you're only staying at the place for a month, it's like, it's kind of fun. Right. Um, And then what I would do is I would have, I would probably try and find like a nice couch that was like vibrant, but also really comfortable. Right. So something they could see themselves like passing out on. Right. Um, And that would be uh, something that I would get there. Then I would create a nice, like really nice, instead of just putting a desk and a chair, I would make it a really nice desk and chair area, like a nice office area. So I'd probably have like a stand up table, which would maybe cost me twice the price, but I would have that. No one else would have that. I'd put plants all around it. So it'd create a nice little atmosphere. I'd put like an actual office chair so people could see themselves sitting there all day if they needed to. Right. So now I've just, now I've taken this desk space and I've elevated it over everybody else so that they want to choose that desk space over my desk space. Right. Um, And then obviously I've talked about, and then the, you know, you just add the decor around it to kind of bring it all together. And then that's how you create a space. That's going to beat other people. Right. Yeah. That's really cool advice. Um, especially, yeah, like simple things, like you said, like creating a standing desk or creating, if it's a, if it's traveler who's working, then creating like that, you know, sort of perfect environment for them to see themselves like 
uh, I can just imagine us even like if we were traveling and we were going to be working there for like a month or something, uh, that would be a big priority for us, right? Like a space that's either self-contained or that feels really good where we could see like enough shelving or enough, whatever it is that we're looking for when we're working. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. And and, uh, yeah. Yeah. What about, can you comment on the fact um, like apartments or apartment condos versus uh, like a a detached home, you know, has your, based on what you know on your data is one preferred over the others is more one profitable over the other um, or really kind of depends. And and this could be, you know, even a beach destination, you could have a condo in in Florida, right. Versus Mm. uh, a, a detached home, well, obviously that's going to be the number of guests and all that too, but simply from like, you know, affordability perspective uh, versus, um, you know, a detached home is going to be much more pricier. So that's a loaded question with a million. Yeah, it is. I was just thinking that too. Yeah. It's a, it's a very, very, and the reason it's a loaded question is because it depends on the market and either could work depending on the market. And if I give a blanket answer to that, which I can give a, a somewhat blanket answer, but if I give a yeah. blanket answer to that, it's likely going to be really like right in some markets and right wrong in other ones. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, as an example, naturally, if you're doing like a smaller unit, you want to go with a, a, a condo because a condo is going to make more sense. Um, it's cleaner. It's easier than going to a detached home and uh, walking into the basement. Right. And then the, the basement's going to have less lighting. And then whereas a condo, you can maybe have like floor to ceiling windows. It's going to be a lot brighter, newer, better looking, all those things. Right. So if you're doing like the, the one bedroom and you're looking for the people staying for midterm rentals, that would logically make more sense to me. Right. Yeah. It's just cleaner. It's like a hotel. Um, but then you would, but then when it comes to like, let's say a Florida market, naturally a home with a pool is going to make way more, more sense. Right. Now, the reason why I can't just say that's hundred percent always going to be the case because I just talked to somebody who has a condo in Destin, Florida, that's cash flowing well for them because of the, because of that, that a condo in that market makes sense. Right. Whereas the homes cost like $4 million and those don't mm-hmm. cash flow. Right. Yeah, yeah, but a condo yeah, does yeah. in that market. Right. So every single market, every single market is going to have a little bit of a different thing to it, but there will be some stuff that generally is going to make more logical sense. Right. Um, and I just, you know, always think of the guests, like what, what is the guest going to want over something else? Right. And if yeah. you can get that thing to them, and I always like to think about it like a business. And I always like to think about it like competition. Right. So if I'm getting a one bedroom and I'm focusing on business travelers, is a business traveler going to want to go into the basement? of a duplex or even the upstairs of a duplex, right? In comparison to going into a building, right? Now, when the now if you think about the building, are they going to want to go into a building that has, you know, very limited light in it and maybe it's an older building and there's not you no know, no balcony to it or something? Or are they going to want to go into the high rise that has the floor to wheel, w- window ceilings that's kind of in the downtown center and has a little balcony on it, right? I know that that last one is always going to be the first option if I if they're all priced the exact same. Yeah, but they're absolutely. not going to be priced the exact same. And my condo downtown is going to be a little bit more, which is going to allow me to make a little bit more because the rent's going to, and then I'll be trying to figure out what the rent price difference is, right? Mm-hmm. Is it what like that a five? Sweet spot is. Exactly, right? Then you try and find the inefficiency because what might happen is the older apartment building might make the exact same as the newer apartment building because that's just, because it's just a one bedroom. People are like, I don't care. And then therefore you would go for the older one because the rent would be cheaper. 
Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. So John, talk to us a little bit about like we talked, you talked a little bit about different markets. Talk to us about like this whole, like in the news and everywhere, like, you know, this term Airbnb bust and oversaturation and, uh, you know, the recession and decrease in travel and all of this kind of stuff. Like, what are you finding out there with the data that you're analyzing? And, um, you know, obviously you work for a company that's acquiring. Um, what are you guys finding in terms of your decisions right now and and moving forward? I maybe just talk to us about that in general. And and I know a lot of people right now are sitting on the sidelines because they're afraid. And, yeah. you know, obviously interest rates have gone up and everything's pivoted. But um, just from like a data, an Airbnb data perspective, what are your thoughts on it? So loving these questions, by the way, because they're, <laughs> they're so loaded and there's so many things that I, I can give so many answers to it. But then on top of that, I'm not going to lie. I love the Airbnb bust. I'm so happy about it. And I, <laughs> let me explain why. Okay. A lot of people are going to be mad about hearing that, but I okay, first tell it. us what does the Airbnb bust mean? It just means that they, there's people not making money on Airbnb. It means okay. that there's, there's some markets are, you know, uh, decreasing the amount of revenue that they're making. People are, ex we're expecting to make more and they're not making that amount. They're still getting booked. They're just not making the same amount. Right. Yeah. So um, like an Airbnb recession. It, it, I mean, it's a recession <laughs> in general. It's, it's, that's yeah. the thing, right? It's a recession. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. what do people do in recession? The first thing that gets tightened is travel. travel. Yeah. Right. And so, and now, and, and, the reality is that back in the day, only the people who owned hotels would feel that constraint, but yes. Airbnb has allowed everyone to own hotels. Yeah. And so now it's more newsworthy, right? Because there's so many, so there's millions of people that are feeling it rather than just the hotel people. Um, and so, but anyways, the reason I love it is because uh, it's, it's getting rid of a lot of the bad players and the people who don't know what they're doing, the people who just opened up a listing and hope for the best and then uh, realize like they they took photos with their iPhone. They didn't design the home well. They threw their home onto the market, and they expect they were getting some bookings when you know when 2021, when everyone had been locked in for like a year or two, and they were just dying to get out. And so everyone was traveling, right? And they were getting all these bookings and bookings and bookings, but they weren't doing anything well, right? And so essentially, they're they're sort of like the bottom of the barrel with the way that they have done their listing, the way that they have marketed, the way the, how much research and time and effort that they put into their listing. And those are the people who are getting hurt the most right now, right? Because they are the least desirable Airbnb to stay in. And so if there were a thousand Airbnbs, right, in one location, and there's only 500 people traveling, those 500, those other 500, the 500 that are going to get booked are the good ones. The 500 that are not going to get booked are the, are the poor ones, right? So the way I kind of see this is like, people are, have been just flooding to Airbnb without actually truly learning it. And they're the ones that are getting hurt. Whereas the ones who have put the time, effort, and everything into creating these amazing experiences for guests and tried really hard to elevate their 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 knowledge, right? Those are the people who are who are doing okay still, right? And I can I can speak from this because we have at the moment about thirty homes that are are listed. We'll have another thirty in like two months, um, but we have about thirty homes that are listed right now, and we're not feeling it, right? So everyone else is feeling this Airbnb bust we haven't seen the constraints on all of our homes because we put so much effort into our homes to make them the greatest homes there is in that market. And we try to do every single last little tactic to like be the best option, right? And to create that best experience. And we're still getting booked and we're, we're still hitting our same revenue targets. We're still ha having all this happen. So I know that's kind of like mean to say that, oh, I'm, I'm so happy that's happening when all these people are losing <laughs> out. But 
in the long run of things, what it'll do is it'll bring down the the supply. It'll slow down the growth of Airbnbs and it'll allow for the the people who are really putting the effort in to capitalize, right? Um, It's just the exact same thing that happened with COVID. Everyone who was able to make it through COVID in 2021 had the greatest years that has ever happened on Airbnb, right? And there was so, so many less Airbnbs and so everyone could charge more. And so then they were making tons and tons of money. Right. It's just like it was it was a great thing for anyone who made it through COVID. Right. Which is why one of the major reasons why one of the only regrets I have is selling my portfolio through COVID. Right. If I had just held on to it, I would have been good, you know, really happy and in a different position. But that's so that's what's happening. So what the reason I'm saying all this is like if you're going to get into Airbnb and you're going to do this all right, whether wherever, wherever you're going to do it, you have to put the effort in. Otherwise, you are going to get hurt. Now, at the same time, right, if you were deciding to go into Airbnb right now, it's not the worst time in the world to get into it. If anything, it might be the best time to get into it, right? Because so many people are running away. So it makes sense that you should probably be going into it. Everyone's holding back. Well, don't hold back, right? Like what is, everyone tells you when everyone's scared, be not scared, right? Like- Yeah, when everyone's right? uh, fearful, be greedy. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And so, yeah. so like, if anything, it's the best time to get into it, but if you know what you're doing, right? Which yeah. is why I'm so excited about it right now. Because um, we could yeah, use a little- and- Speaking of that, tell us about like I know we ha- I wanted to touch on this from before, but tell us about Point Analytics, um, and tell us what what you guys are doing there. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so Point Analytics is has started off as an Airbnb data consulting company, right? I I made a course, didn't know how to sell it, so I threw it onto YouTube for free, and about thirteen thousand people have like started and gone through that course now, right? And because of that, so many people have reached out to me, being like, "Hey, it sounds like you know what you're doing. Can you help me with this?" Right. And then from there, I learned how to work with all these clients and figure out a way to help them solve their one issue, which is how much is this home going to make if it were to be an Airbnb, right? If someone's about to spend $200,000 on a down payment for a home and they can't accurately accurately predict how much that home is going to make. That's sort of the number one thing that we solve, right? And then the second thing we solve is ensuring that you're getting the most profitable potential home in a market. Right. So not just getting one that will cash flow, but the one that will cash flow the most. Right. Because you can, there's a big difference between those two. Yeah. Um, and so I help people do that as well. And so right now, the way that I help people do that is I provide these reports. And these reports will help you dissect an entire market, find the most profitable location, and then figure out what are all the amenities and features of a home that will drive the most revenue. And then you've essentially what happens is they create this little buy box and then they go hunting for properties that meet the buy box. And that's how I help people find really profitable Airbnbs in any market, right? You get this, you get this report and, and you also get this training and the training is free. You go through the training with the report and then you know how to find the most profitable location, right? So that's, that's where we're at right now and what we do and how I help people. Also, I, you know, help them pick out the market, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Now, where we're going kind of like version two that we're working on right now is the ability to have these reports generated on a fly, right? So you want to report for this market and you want to dissect it and you want to go through it. You can literally click of a button. It's generated. It's ready to go. Cause right now those reports can take anywhere from two days to a week to actually be created. Right. And you have to get on a call with me and we have to go through a process and you have to be able to do all these things. So we're creating essentially an automatic automated way for you to be able to get these reports. Um, they're going to be cleaner, better, more efficient. And then on top of that, all the training form is going to be redone as well. And so not only are you going to be able to get the reports, but it's going to be more in-depth training than what I already have, right? More 
uh, process oriented training. There's going to be sort of uh, templates and checklists and all these things around that as well, all just to ensure that you're getting the most profitable property wherever you're located. Right. And uh, one thing that I'm likely will end up doing is making it very cost efficient to be able to analyze like anywhere at any point in time and figuring out a way to set up the set that set that up so you can just pull reports and analyze anywhere because that's people don't know what market they want to go into. So if I give them the ability to check out, you know, five different markets very cost effectively, it'll be very uh, advantageous for them and likely make them want to come to us for their solutions. So that's generally the way we're going to be going. Okay. That's pretty nice. cool. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that'll be amazing. Yeah. It's, it's uh, definitely a, a lot of moving parts in, uh, in this business and, and a lot of people, you know, don't really take uh, all these factors into account. Um, and yeah, it's, a it's an investment in, um, it's a big investment. So you better make sure that it is profitable. Um, yeah, no, for sure. And, and it's yes. interesting because there's so many agents out there and I'm not saying they all don't know, but a lot of agents are selling properties and telling clients like, Hey, this is, this has, this is going to make you 50 K per year. This is going to make you hundred K yeah. per year. You buy this. Right. And yeah. obviously by the conversation we're having, it's not that simple. Like you can't just no. buy a property based on some fly by night numbers that yeah. are going to tell you what that's going to make. Cause again, it's such an active business and there's so many variables here. Yeah. And just to, just to give some numbers to scare people, not really scare, but like make you aware of how drastic it can be, right? I can, you can go onto my, onto my TikTok, onto my Instagram, and you can see these videos that I've made, right? There's yeah. one example of these two homes that are side by side, like literally might be on the exact same street. Um, and they're almost the exact same size. They're both four bedrooms. The backyard's the same. They both have pools. They both have hot tubs. They're both somewhat designed well, but the one is designed so much better and so much more strategically that it's making $80,000 more, right? Not just making 80,000, it's making $80,000 more. The one's making about 120 to 130 and that one's making 200 to 210, right? And they're side by side. And that's just a design difference, right? And then we, in our own fund, we have two homes that are uh, blocks from each other. And I can't say what the difference is, but we there's a difference between these two homes. Um, they're both five bedrooms. They both have pools but there's a slight difference between these two and the one is making $60,000 more. Right. And once again, very, very close, both five bedrooms. So you can't just like generalize this information and say, yeah, it's going to make this amount. You don't, that's not how it works. That's not how it works on Airbnb. That's maybe how it works with annual rentals, but it's not how it works with Airbnb. There's all these tiny little factors that come into play that will change how much revenue that you could potentially make. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah. And I can keep giving examples, but I'm just going to not because <laughs> I think that's yeah, absolutely. And yeah. And I think another, you know, a couple of things, a couple of big takeaways for me. And I think for our audience too, is that, Hey, look, like 2021 was a blip year. Um, you can't base all of your, you can't put all your eggs in a basket just because something was happening during 2021, right? Can't use yeah. all the same data. You can't talk to the same gurus who are necessarily doing it and, and expect that you're going to get the exact same results because it has become you know, like you said, the cream of the crop are now surviving. You have to be a super savvy investor. Like, you know, you have to know what you're doing. You have to analyze data and you have to design based on your avatar. So that's like yeah. that. I think that people need to really hear this um, yeah. before they just start converting into short-term rentals. Yes. And to, to, to add to that, right. Um, the, the, I'm already, I'm already looking at a lot of different markets and there is a drop 
in a lot of markets right now between the last 12 months and the 12 months prior to that. So like 2022 to 2021, right? Um, there's, there's a, some markets are dropping a little bit more aggressively in their revenue, whereas other ones are a little bit less, right? But regardless, almost every single location is making less money in 2022 than they were in 2021, right? Now, when you're looking at the data, it's only using the last 12 months. So it's, it's fine because you're just looking at 2020, 2022 numbers, right? So it's fine. But uh, one thing you mentioned there was like gurus and them talking about how, how much money they're making in this and that. You got to keep in mind a lot of these, there's a handful of people out there that are not going to mention any names, but they bought their properties before 2019, in 2019 or before 2019. Interest rates were low, housing prices were like half, right? Yeah. And so then therefore... Um, their numbers are significantly different. Their cash flow is going to be significantly different, right? The people who are still buying properties today, like right now and making it work, those are the people you want to focus in on, right? And we're like, we've bought 70 prop- properties in the past 12 months. And we're going to be buying a lot more next year, right? And and we and we have to be extremely diligent about where we buy and how we buy and what we buy and where we're buying and all, like I said, where twice, but you know what I mean? All these different little things, um, and we're still cash flowing. So, like, we're still, and we've we've distributed like three to th- th- through every single quarter. We've had distributions, right? Um, so, we are making it work within this current environment, and uh, I know it's possible because I see these homes every single day, right? Um, and so, it is definitely still possible. You just have to be way more strategic about it, right? And so, and that's where I help people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I know that's awesome. So, I know we're kind of coming to it. A- our, our time here. Um, maybe tell us, uh, what's your vision for the next like three to five years? Like, what do you sort of see for Airbnb? What do you see for yourself? Um, what do you hope to, hope to accomplish? So I'll start with Airbnb and then I'll go to myself. Um, I think Airbnb is there's, there's, it's just going to keep doing what it's doing. Right. So I hear a lot of people getting into Airbnb now and they're like, Oh, it's so crazy. I wish I got in five years ago. It's like this and that. And they all, they always say these things. I'm like, I started five years ago. There's no difference. I was saying the exact same thing when I started five years ago. I was like, eh. man, I wish I started three years ago. Yeah. Right. Cause like you think you missed the wagon, but like the reality is it's a uh, uh, Airbnb is changing the housing supply to a portion of it is going to be meant for short-term rentals, which is a new thing that we all have to get used to. Um, and it's going to change the environment on an ongoing basis. Airbnb is not going anywhere because everyone loves it. Right. And that form of travel and that way of staying in places. And so it's just going to keep developing over the years. And the only way to stay up with that development is just to be a part of it, right? So like get in, figure it out, keep learning about it and just flow with it as it continues to go, right? Um, so that's my take on Airbnb, the platform. And then as for myself, um, I am setting some aggressive goals, I guess you could say, but I have some like big plans. So obviously I love love being the head of data for TechFester, going to continue to do that. Do that. We have tons of plans with TechFester and what we're planning on doing. Um, so that is going to be an ongoing thing, no matter what. Uh, the software play that we're putting together and the the training and everything that's that is going to be released within hopefully the next three months. It's uh, quite a big undertaking, and there's a lot of development that needs to go into that. And so that I believe is going to just simply allow us to automate the ability to help thousands of people rather than just the hundreds of people that we've been able to I've been able to manually help. Right, so that should be able to automate the process of helping thousands of people. Um, and then on top of that, to keep proving to everyone that I know what I'm doing, I'm planning on doing a lot of joint venture deals, right? So 
as many joint venture deals as I, as I can possibly do over the next three to five years. However, I've set a goal of two for 2023 just to get my feet wet because I haven't done a joint venture deal yet. Um, so I want to do two of them. They're going to be air. They're going to be Airbnbs. I'm going to find Airbnbs within areas that I know. They're going to be heavily cash flowing Airbnbs, and I and I I'm looking actively looking for partners to work work with who can bring the money to the table, and I'll bring the deal and the analytics and do all those things on my end and do the work of actually operating the Airbnb. And so if anyone has the money, come talk to me and we can make a make a deal there. But um, that is essentially the three pillars of what I plan on doing over the next uh, three to five years. That sounds yeah, amazing. No, yeah. Yeah. Sure. You're going to be busy. Uh, yeah, I know. And uh, it's impressive. I mean, you're a fairly young guy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, impressed with your ambition and just like finding something that is so niche and, and really focusing in on it. And, and really, I think your skills have helped not only yourself, but so many other people, myself included, and, and just really opened up, um, our eyes to like this different side of it, which people aren't really talking about. Right. Which is why I really wanted you on the show, just so we could talk a little bit more about this whole, I mean, you know, they, they say there's something called analysis paralysis, but this is not analysis paralysis. This is much needed analysis, right? You're not, we're not saying that you got to get so caught up that you don't take action, but you need to do proper due diligence. And that due diligence is going to take you. The learning here is there is a steep learning curve. Like there is a lot to learn. It is a very operations and detailed focused business. If I can say that. Yes. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I actually like the main thing I help people with is analysis paralysis, right? So like they try and do the research themselves and they get all lost. And then I give them my process that I've worked out over five years, right? It's like, this is, I've already figured it out. Here you go. Don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah, for sure. So, um, John, how can people get in touch? I'll put it in our show notes as well. I know I've been following you on Instagram. You've been putting out some great content out there. So, um, Appreciate it. My, yeah, my Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube are all at the Airbnb data guy. At the Airbnb data guy. Okay, awesome. Perfect. We'll put that in. And um, if people want to book a call, or I know, like you mentioned, you're kind of, you've got a lot going on right now, but I think sometime in the new year, you're going to have some time to, to, to maybe start taking calls again. Yeah. So probably around the time this comes out, I might be taking some more calls as of right now, which is like before Christmas, I've uh, blocked my calendar for about two months, probably going to block it for another little bit, just because I've ran out of time. (laughs) Um, And so and, and I got a lot to work on. So, uh, but if you do want to reach out to me, if you do have questions, if you potentially want to hop on a call, um, you can email me at hello at pointanalytics.co. So that's uh, hello at pointanalytics.co. Yeah, perfect. We perfect. have your email. Yeah. We'll, we'll link it in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah, no, thanks. Yes. Thanks so much for being on our show. And it was uh, very insightful for, for myself uh, and our listeners, uh, I'm sure as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks again, John. Really appreciate your time. And um, yeah, just your willingness to share. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been really awesome. Well, I I definitely appreciate it. I love being on the show. And I think if anyone's actually trying to take action or learn more, just go straight to my YouTube and watch my courses. There's so there's everything I've talked about is just like the tip of the iceberg. So fantastic. uh, We'll definitely link it in there. And like I said, I I highly recommend that you go watch those videos too. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks Thanks again, John. No problem. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Savvy Real Estate Investor Show. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If you liked this episode, please write a review and share it with us. We are getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. 
This show exists to showcase how investors at any level can start using and leverage real estate to become savvy wealth builders. If you want to learn more about how we can potentially help you create more passive income and build your wealth faster, go to www.savvyrealestateinvestor.com. Once again, it's www.savvyrealestateinvestor.com. All right, that's a wrap. We can't wait to hang out with you on the next episode.